bruised. The Bible tells us in verse 1 and verse 2 that wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Mm. How setting and how befitting is this. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. And let us run this race with patience. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. If I was to lift up a title for this message today, the title would be as thus, The Author and the Finisher of Our Faith. Now, we're going to be dealing with some stuff today that's going to challenge you, challenge your mentality about the Word of God, your revelations about the Word of God. It's going to challenge your theology. It's going to challenge a lot of things. But trust me, only those that have an ear to hear will be able to hear. And if you can't hear, you can't break free. Amen? Amen. If you can't hear, you're going to be in the same rut next year as you're in today. If you can't hear. And once you hear, you have to apply. Amen? Amen. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily besets us. The Word of God tells us here in verse 1 and verse 2 that there are certain things that we must do. And there are five of them that I want to point out here before I get started this morning. It tells us that we're foreseeing. So the Word of God, we also know, I'm in the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. The Bible tells us that we have to see something, right? First thing we've got to do is see. We've got to see what? See we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. That word cloud there means dense multitude. We have a dense multitude in the heavenly realm that's gone on before us that are ushering us on. But the Bible tells us that we have to be able to see this. And we can't see this Allowing ourselves to always be erratic, sporadic, demonic, or whatever the case may be. We can't see what God has for us in that state of being. It's called lunatic. When you throw yourself in the fire and in the water, one minute you're laughing, and then the next minute you're acting like you're crazy and you're crying. And for what reason? You don't even know why. You know, you got some problems. You got some demons that need to be cast out. So the word of God says that we need to be able to see that we have this great multitude, this cloud of witness that's cheering us on, knowing that we're in a race, knowing that they finished the race, and now they're cheering us on. So the first thing we've got to do is we've got to see that we've got this, this multitude called the cloud of witness that's so great. That's pushing us on. And then we have to lay aside some things, you know. 
What do we have to lay aside? Every weight and every sin that so easily besets us. So easily. Every weight, I've told you before, is not a sin. But every sin carries a weight to it. Amen. Amen? Amen? So there are things in life that weighs us down that's not sin. But it can cause you to sin if you don't turn it loose. It says, lay aside these things and every sin which doeth so easily beset us. And then the third thing that it tells us to do is to let us keep telling us as a team. It's saying, let us, let us, let us, we. You see, see we're a team. We got to do this thing together. It says, let us uh, 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 run. That's the third thing we've got to do. We've got to run this race. And we've got to run it with a thing called, number four, patience. And when we run it with patience, this race that is set before us, while we're running, we have to, the sixth thing that we have to do, or the fifth thing that we have to do, is we have to look unto Jesus while we're running this thing, who is the author, which is the originator, and the finisher, verse 2, Hebrews 12, verse 2, and the finisher, which is the perfecter of what? Our faith. So, being a published author, I know what it is that you have to go through in order to author or originate a book and perfect it or finish it. It's not an easy job. It's a lot going on from the decision to author it and the decision to finish it and make it, make it perfect. So you got a lot of work in between. So Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And in the midst of that authoring, in the midst of that finishing, that perfecting, there is a race that has to be run. We've got to be able to see it. We've got to be able to lay aside every weight and sin. We've got to be ready to run it. And we've got to be ready to run it with patience. And we've got to be, while we're running it, we've got to be looking unto the author and finisher of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. Because when you take your eyes off Jesus, your ship will sink. Amen. Immediately. Amen. Immediately. So the word of God goes on and it tells us here. When we deal with the story of Genesis. Well, let me go on and read verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, meaning that he didn't think much of the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And this is where we're trying to get to now. We're trying to get where he is. Amen. I want to talk to you about the Genesis factor. Here's some things that's going to challenge you. Genesis 1.1. You go there, you'll see that in the beginning, the authoring of it all. God created the heaven and the earth, right? Look at verse 2 there. And the earth was what? Wait a minute. 
He just said he created. But all of a sudden, something happened in verse 2, from verse 1 to verse 2. Something happened. It went from him creating it to the earth being void and without form. See, a lot of times we just read over that. Theology just read through that. Theology is, is, is kind of stupid, you know. They're kind of stupid because they don't have no revelation. They just, they got recycled knowledge. They just got recycled knowledge, you know. Just recycled knowledge. So, God's Word tells us that in the beginning, God created, created the heaven and the earth. So when God created the heaven and when God created the earth, it was a done deal as far as creation is concerned. We're going to deal with the word create. We're going to deal with that. Now, something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. I want you to go with me to John. Um, well, you, you're over here during Genesis, Genesis 1. Let's go, let's go back here. Let's go back here to Genesis. Because I want us to understand what God is saying. Alright, I want you to go from Genesis 1, 1. I want you to go to Ezekiel 28, verse 14 through 16. Because I'm going to show you something here. Genesis 28, verse 14 through 16. I'll be there when you get there. Say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, here we are. In the word of God saying that verse 14, Ezekiel 28. I want you to see... This, it says, thou art, talking about Lucifer, thou art the anointed, look here, cherub. That word cherub there means guardian, all right? Thou art the anointed cherub that does what? Cover up. Watch that word, cover up. And I have set thee so. That thou wast upon thy holy mountain of God, the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in your heart. By the multitude of thy merchandise, uh-huh, See, see, sometimes you can, you, you can start getting things and it'll blow your mind. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. And I will destroy thee. Oh, what kind of cherub? Oh, covering cherub. Oh, covering guardian. From the midst of the stones of fire. Remember? When the word of God said that in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, remember? Something took place from verse 1 to verse 2 because all of a sudden the earth became void. All of a sudden. 
The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that Lucifer, the light bearer, was the anointed cherub. Did he not say that? That do what? Covers. And the word cherub means guardian. Now, Lucifer was, when God created the heaven and the earth, Lucifer was the one that was to cover the earth. His job was to cover earth with a third of the angel and bring light upon the earth. Revelation, knowledge. That was his job. But that wasn't good enough for him. It wasn't good enough for him. He wanted more. So what took place is found in Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Go there. Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Verse 12 through 14. Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Verse 12 through 14. Over there. Look here. Verse 12. How art thou fallen from where? Oh, who? Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nation? For thou hast said in thine heart. Look what he said. Now he was covering. He was the covering over earth in the first heaven. That's where he walked. But it's three heavens. The first heaven is the atmosphere realm over the earth. The second heaven is the firmament where the stars are. The third heaven is where the throne of God is. So Lucifer was the anointed cherub that was to guard the earth. Over there in Genesis 1.1. That's what it was saying. When God created it, he put the guardian over it. That's why after it was messed up, he still took them cherubim angels, them cherubim angels, and he guarded from the east the garden of Eden. Did he not? He said, verse 13 says here, For thou hast said in thine heart, look what he said I'm going to do. I will ascend where? Uh-huh. See, it wasn't, he wasn't good enough in the station where he walked. See, see, that wasn't good enough. This is what messed up everything, and verse 2 comes into play in Genesis 1-1. This is where verse 2 comes into place because now the hierarchy of it all is falling. Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weakest the nation? For thou hast said in thy heart, look what he said, I'm going to do. He said, I will, I will, mm, the I formation, bad formation to run out of. I will ascend into heaven. Uh-huh. He said it five times, I. I will exalt. Who's throne? Above the stars or the angel, angels of God. I, third time, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. See, he still got a desire to sit among us and rule us. Satan does. See, 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 he still got that. In the sides of the north. And he says, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, uh-huh. And I will be like the most high. Because somewhere in there he said, I'm going to exalt my throne 
above the stars. I'm going to be like the most high, he said. So it wasn't good enough for him to cover the earth with a third of the angels. So what happened was, is in Genesis 1-2, between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, Satan made a move. And when he made a move, it destroyed the, the economy of what God had created. That's why you see there in verse 2 that now the earth is void without form. See, it collapsed. I know this stretching your head. See, I know it is. That's why science understands that the earth is older than 6,000 years old. You see? Because religion don't understand that God created this thing long, 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 long time ago. And when the scientists find stuff that's dating back millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years ago, they're right. Because they're finding stuff that came from Genesis 1-1. After Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 1-2 is eons of time. So now God brings on another man and we're going to go there. So now when they find stuff that's 6,000 years old, they say, well, the, 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 the religionists, they say, well, it can't be 6,000 years old, you know. The earth ain't was 6,000 years old. No, no, you missed it. See, because you don't understand that there was an earth before the earth. See, that's what you don't understand. You missed Genesis 1-1. And when you miss Genesis 1-1, ain't no need in you trying to understand the rest of it. You understand what I'm saying? So you've been having faulty teachings, you know. It's been false. Not false deliberately, but false out of ignorance. Just fought out of ignorance. You're following big name preachers who are ignorant. Because you're following the name instead of the knowledge. Because you're ignorant. Because if you wasn't ignorant, then you wouldn't be following it. I'm just telling you like it is. Ignorant ain't a bad word. It just means that you just need to learn. Look it up. Ignorant is not a bad word unless you remain ignorant. Well, he called me ignorant. Well, if you don't know something, you're ignorant. And if you continue to refuse to know it, then you're stupid. Now, how you like me now? Hmm? How you like me now? Because I'm going to tell you just like it is. Now, so we see what took, took place here. So, John, let's look at John 1. And John 1 verse, I would say verse 1 through 3. We're going to walk, trying to show you what's going on here. Now watch what's going on. St. John said, in the beginning, the author was the what? And the word was with God, right? 
And the word was God, right? Mm-hmm. And the same was in the beginning with who? God. All things, not something. All things were made by him. And there was nothing made that was made unless it was made by him, right? So there are some things that are made that haven't been made by God. Well, you read your book. It says, and nothing was made that was made unless it was made by God, right? All things were made by God. It's as simple as that. And everything that was made, that was made, and if it wasn't made by God, then there's a problem. Now let's read the, let's read the text. Let's, let's dissect the text. Because you got to come out of what you think and get with the text. The text said, <laughs> verse 3, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. That means there's some things made that he didn't make. That's right. You think about it. I ain't talking about your little old mind trying to figure it out. I'm talking about letting the spirit talk to you. Because you'll mess up something. Trying to put your little head in. Your head too small. Let the spirit. You see? See, see God didn't make Genesis 2-2. Satan did. When Satan did what he did. Because the thing was already created, right? But now it was made without void, formless. It wasn't no good to nobody. But God didn't make that. So it wasn't made. Because it wasn't made by God. There's nothing made that was made unless it was made by God. So if God didn't make it, it ain't made. That's why the earth was void, without form. You understand what I'm saying? Just trying to give you some understanding. That's all I'm trying to do. See, we read these scriptures, but we, don't, we, we, we read them, read over them, but we don't wait for the Holy Ghost to tell us nothing. We just read. <laughs> think we done caught it. It says that without him was not made, was not anything made that was made. Continuing on in this thing. Go back to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We ain't finished this. In verse 26. Are we there? And God said, and the Lord said, and God said. Means he challenged something. And God said, let us. Ain't going to go through the us is because I've gone through that. It's the seven spirits around the throne. If you want to find them, you'll go to Genesis, I mean, uh, Isaiah 11, chapter, verse 1 and 2. Preferably verse 2. You'll see them there. But you don't have to go there now. Write it down. You've been taught there. Now, it's saying, God said, let us make man. He didn't say man was made. He said, let us M-A-K-E, right? That's a pretense, right? Let Brenda make a cake. Cake ain't made. Make. 
It's a future thing, right? He said, let us make man. And how are we going to make it? In our image and in our likeness. And we're going to give him dominion. And we're going to do all this good stuff, right? And then it goes on to the next verse. See where it says that about him in verse uh, 26. So that word make there means fashion, okay? But then it goes in verse 27. And the Bible says, so God... Oh, wait a minute. He created him. Now he said, let us make him. And I would think after you make something, it's made. So instead of creating, that word created, it should have been it's so God made. That's what it should have been, right? Or should it? Don't you think God know more than we know? <laughs> see, see, if we put our little two cents in it, we're thinking that that word should have been created, should have been so God made man, right? After the make, he's made, right? Not so. Not so. We're talking about the author beginner, and the finisher, perfecter of our faith. That's what we're talking about. Keep that on your head. So, God takes, and he says, so God created. What God did was, God gave, that word create there means to give new circumstances and consequences to. Okay? That's what that word create means. So, so God created man, in other words, and, and he created him in his likeness and his image. Because in order to create him in his likeness and his image, he would have to give him a new set of circumstances and a new set of consequences. He would have to. In other words, he would have to make him responsible. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, I need to be responsible. I need to be responsible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you can't get mad at others because they're responsible for what God has placed in their hand. You need to take and do it for yourself. You understand what I'm saying? You see? So we need to learn to do that because, see, we're living in a world now where folk just plain crazy. they just crazy. they just crazy, you know? And they'll have you crazy too, fooling with it. You understand what I'm saying? Now I'm trying to help y'all up in here. You know, I'm trying to. So God's Word says now, so God created man. Didn't say God made him. It went from make to create. Hmm. The reason why is because God knew that when he created man and he set these consequences and these new rules in him, God knew that man wasn't made yet. He was only fashioned and he was only given the set of rules and the consequences that come from the breaking of the rules. But man wasn't made yet. He wasn't perfected yet, people. Well, God knew from day one that he was. God knew that. God already had seen Revelation. That's where the perfection comes in at. You see? See, your theology won't let you think it that far. I'm going to help you this morning. God already knew man was going to mess up. That wasn't, no, that wasn't no surprise to God. He created that thing called man. He knew he was crazy when he created him. You know? So God put a, a new circumstance in him. And then he put a new consequence in him. He said, now don't you touch that. 
One tree. You can touch everything else up in here, every other tree, but don't touch that one. Well, he knew man was going to do just the opposite. He already knew that. That wasn't no surprise to him. But it would take, because he knew man wasn't made yet. You see, if man was already made, the word made means perfected, finished. If man was already perfected and finished, then he wouldn't have to challenge him. And if he didn't have to challenge him, then he ne- and if he would have challenged him, he never would have messed it up. Right? right? He'd have been able to handle that. So God already had Jesus, because Jesus was the one that made it anyway. Well, Christ did, you know. Christ had already made everything anyway. So what happened was, is when man fell, now comes the perfecting part of it. The process. Because it was all ordained by God for it to go just like it went. Mm. So, man messed up. And you would think God would throw him away. No, God just threw him out of his delight. He didn't throw him away. He just threw him out of his delight. Eden is his delight. He threw him out of that. Because he had to go through a process so that he could be finished. So what happens is, is that that's why we got to look into Jesus who is the author. He created us. But he's also the finisher, the perfecter. And between here and there is this long and winding road called the process of life. Are you getting it now? And God says, how can two of us walk together through this Unless we agree. You understand what I'm saying here? I'm not throwing you away. I'm just perfecting you. That's why you're going through what you're going through. But I'm walking with you as long as you're walking with me. I'm walking with you. Because in order for me to walk with you, you got to agree. We got to agree with each other. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to walk with you because you see what I'm doing is a thing in you called perfecting you. And the only way that I can perfect you is through the wilderness of this earthly life that you're in. If I take this out the way, then you won't be perfected. You won't be qualified. You see, Adam wasn't qualified just because he was created. That's why I took the second Adam, Jesus, who is the last Adam. There ain't going to be no more. The first Adam was a natural man, a soul. But the second Adam is a quickening spirit, a life. You understand? So I'm going to walk with you because I'm the author of this book called You. And I'm going to keep on writing it and re-editing it and doing everything that I got to do until this thing, this book is finished called You. You understand? That means I'm going to have to take some things out that's been written in And I'm going to have to rearrange some things. And I'm going to have to write some more stuff in. You know. But I already know. What the finished product is going to be. You just don't know. That's why you got to keep your eyes on me. Because if you keep your eyes on me. The cloud. If you keep your eyes on me. Then I'll take you. Through this. And this thing will be finished in you. This thing will be perfected in you. And then you wear that white garment that gives us so much power into the internal realm of God. Amen? Amen. Everything clear so far? 
Good. Now let's go to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians 1 verse 15 through 17. Say amen when you get there. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. Watch it. Who is the what? Image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of what? Every creation. Creature. Firstborn. For by him were something? All things created. Uh huh. That are in heaven. That are in earth. Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, this word created here means something else. This word here, created, means to make habitable in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, it means new conditions and circumstances, which I've already talked to you about. So, when it says here in verse 16 of Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says that all things were created by him. What it's saying is all things were made, were to be made habitable with new conditions and circumstances by him. All right? So whatever it is that's making a habitation in you, hopefully... It's God the one that's putting it in you. Because remember, if something is in you and it ain't made by God, then it ain't made, right? <laughs> so whatever it is in you that ain't made by God, then it's going to hurt you. It's going to make some things become what? Void? Without form? In other words, it's going to make it lunatic. Amen? Right? Right? My Bible tells me that all things were created by him, and it was created for him. But if it wasn't made by him, then whatever is made that wasn't made by him ain't made. So whatever it is that's in us, that's causing us discomfort, then that's because it ain't made by Jesus. Whatever it is that's in us is causing us problems. That's because it ain't made by Jesus. Whatever is in us that's, not, that's causing us not to be proficient and efficient in life, then that's because it ain't made by Jesus. You see? So the trick is this. The trick of the Holy Spirit, the trick of this whole thing is to get that out of us that ain't made by Jesus. Because it ain't made unless it's made by him. So we got to understand that. Until we understand it, we still going to have all this mess inside of us. And this turmoil is going to be in our life. And it's going to continue to be there. Until we decide to lay every weight and every sin that so easily besets us. We got to lay it aside if we want things to be right in our life. Am I making sense? 
Because until that day that we decide to turn loose of self and take hold to God, Take hold of Jesus, looking unto him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Then that thing ain't going to be right. Go with me to Ephesians 5.27. Almost done. We're going to get out of here real early. 5.27. Are we there? It says that he might present it, what, the church? Himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He is the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. The perfecter, the perfecter. Because Jesus is not going to give the Father, he's not going to present a church that's blemished. You understand what I'm saying? He's not going to have spots in his feast of charity. It's not going to happen. Last verse. We out of here. Hebrews 5 9. The book of Hebrews 5 9. Over there. Watch this. And being made what? Finisher. And being made perfect. Now it said made. See that? You see it, don't you? All of a sudden, made comes into play. Being made. That means that was the process involved, wasn't it? Huh? And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that do what? So he's not the author of eternal salvation to those who don't obey him. Wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Disobedience, the Bible says, rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Now, we got this thing where we think that we can do a little here, we can do a little there, we can do a little here, we can do a little there, and get by with God. But God don't deal with us on that like that. You know? He don't do it, y'all. God is looking for a church that He can stabilize. God is looking for a people that are stable. You know what I mean? And that's why God has us coming here and, 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 and coming into to the assembly and doing what we need to do over and over and over and over again because, you know, God wants to see us in our best state. Well, He wants us to see ourselves in our best state. He already sees us in our best state. But the sad point about it is that if we don't ever see ourselves in our best state, then we'll never get in our best state. And if we don't never get in our best state, then we won't be able to wear that suit that he has for us that we've birthed, okay? So we got to be very careful on how we handle ourselves and our life and the people that are around us, you know, and the things that God has, has given us. One of the most destructive things that I've found in the world today is that God has blessed us with so much and we've done so little with it. Now, that's what I have a problem with. I don't understand the mentality of man, you know. Um, my chairman said that it's because folk are too 
caught up on themselves. Basically, that's what he's saying. They got, a, they got a mindset of self instead of God. Yeah, self-centered. And you can't tell self-centered people nothing. It goes in one ear and out the other. It, do, it doesn't work too well. Self-centered people, it don't work too well. You can't educate them, you know. It's hard to educate a self-centered person because it, it, it won't, it'll bounce off. You know, the Bible says that a fool, if you try to give a, a, a fool wisdom, he'll hate you. You ever try to talk to a fool that's in rage? Have you? And try to give them wisdom? They don't want them. Now, how many of y'all have been like that? I've told my wife, leave me alone in my insanity. Because right now, I like it. So, so, so let me have my day in my insanity because I ain't ready to turn it loose yet. And then I turn it loose and then I go on about my bed. Y'all know all of us have done it. All of us have done it. You know what I'm saying? You be hot, you be mad, you be angry, somebody saying, well, y'all not be mad. Leave me alone now because I'm enjoying my anger right now. Now leave me alone and it's killing you. Am, am I making it? Now tell the truth, y'all. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Now, now, now y'all know I'm telling the truth up in here, you know. Be honest about it, you know. Sorry, you know. All of us got this hospital. Told you that. It always be a hospital. This where sick people come, you know. But if you don't take the medicine, you can't get well. You know, the medicine is for you to get well with, Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Amen. Confession is good for the soul. Amen. Amen. And leave them alone in their insanity. Amen. Let them enjoy their insanity. Amen. Okay. Praise be the Lord. We'll do that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's a powerful, powerful word. We just thank and praise God for his word. And much teaching. I want to ask how many folk will see these. I need to see hands so um, you can hear and know for sure that it's going on. Make sure you get one for six months left. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, six with Minister Marcelette, I think. Six with Minister Marcelette. So we just we thank and praise God. Uh, uh, make sure you stay and get your, get your CD. And uh, it won't take that long. They usually spit them out real quick. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I, I need to ask you a question. I, I've got some people. Sister Sandra knows is still in the class, and usually she likes to share. The kids like to share what they, yeah, if you would, um, like to share what they've done um, each week. And last week I think they had on the breastplate. I believe uh, while they're coming in, I'm going to ask you um, uh, our menu, and you know we're looking at our menu being. I don't know if Janice was able to get in touch with Barry Dream and. Clock 